Have you ever met one of those people who just can't be stopped? It's like they're unstoppable. Yeah, I have. Me too. What's their mystique? Nothing stops these people. Welcome to Mission Unstoppable with Coach Frankie Picasso. You're about to meet some of the most amazing people. They've accomplished their goals despite insurmountable odds. They beat adversity, physical hardship, and traumatic events, and emerged triumphantly. They're people just like you and me, and they're winners. Are you unstoppable? Here's Frankie to show you how. Well, hello there, and welcome to Mission Unstoppable on the Good Radio Network. Today, I have some special guests with me. I'm really excited about it. Renee Sheltima is back. She was here a few years ago, but she is back. She is a Dutch filmmaker. She has been a filmmaker for 35 years. She now lives in uh, South Africa, Cape Town, South Africa. And her documentary, Normal is Over, has been updated. Normal is Over 1.1 now is still about humanity's wisest responses to climate change, species extinction resource depletion and the widening gap uh, very very important conversations that we're going to have today especially with COVID-19 taking over the entire world and it could have been predicted and probably was um, by by I think Renee you would agree um, the the yes. Club of Rome back in 1970 what was that book 1972 74 something like that yeah I think it's so interesting I just wanted to give you your background a little bit because you do have a bachelor at law and you do have a degree in criminology, and you are a degree in journalism, and all of us have degrees in journalism on here today, so that's kind of Yay. exciting. Yeah. Um, Brent is a journalist and a film critic from Chicago, and Sandra is also a journalist, radio host, multimedia uh, matron. <laughs> I don't know what I want to call it. That's a terrible word. I know. I don't like that yeah. one. From, uh, from Los Angeles. And of course, matron, I'm, I'll just I'm, get my smock yeah, on. Yeah. And I'm your host, Frankie Picasso from uh, Toronto, Canada. So, wow, here we are. Welcome, everybody. Renee, you recently updated, I guess in 2019, you updated your film, Normal is Over. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. So, you have been an environmentalist, you have been a green a green person, if I, I call you a woman, whatever, uh, since you're, since like you were a teenager, what, what, yeah. what prompted you to become green? Well, thank you so much for, for having me on your show. And, and, um, well, I guess in the, in the, in the normal is over, the website is normal is over.org. Thank you. And um, what has actually happened is that the, the, the message of the film is getting more relevant by the day. Um, and I remember the studio was telling me last year, you've never seen a film that keeps going and changing for years on end. Usually films get outdated and people always think, but what's new is best. And, you know, film is old within a year, but with yeah. normal is over. And the message is just getting more and more relevant every day. Um, and what, yes, yeah, I, when I was 21, um, when I finished my uh, degrees in criminology, I read this book by the Club of Rome, um, forecasting the collapse of civilization, basically, if we kept uh, thinking that with our current economic system, we could grow forever on a finite planet. Um, because with the increasing population and the decreasing resources and the increasing pollution, you could just predict that we would be in a crisis at some point in time. Um, and here we are. I mean, we've already actually been in a crisis for at least the past 20 years. Mm -hmm. But the effects have been um, indirectly. And if it's 
I, I guess the, the world leaders don't do anything because you know we, we might all just suffocate from pollution, but profit is more important than um, sick people. I guess, I guess, and and it's not affecting them directly; it's affecting their pockets. And now suddenly we have this virus, this message from the earth. And I don't think it's an accident. It's really a message saying, hey, listen, we've got, this is uh, affecting all of us. And we have to stop destroying the planet because the, the, and, and because the cause of this virus, I find that so interesting that nobody has talked about the real cause of this virus. The mass media, interrupt me if, if I just keep on going. Because no, that's <laughs> fine. Yeah, no, go for it. The mass media, you know, they're now owned by just a handful of people. Yes, and they make a huge profit just churning out numbers. See, so many million more people in the United States than in Italy. Yeah, guess what? The United States is a whole lot larger country than than Italy, and and then showing us how people die, and uh, yeah, it's a bit taken out of proportion. And because it affects us directly, we have managed to stop the whole world, which is uh, the other side of the the coin in a way. I mean. Sorry, sneezing showed up today for the show. I hope. <laughs> so, can I just jump in really yeah. quick? I want to let everybody know because I think this is really important. When you're watching today, you can check at normalisover.org. And what's amazing about this film, it's on the iTunes Store, it's on Apple TV, it's on Amazon, you can get it on Google Play, it's on Vimeo. You can also get it in English, Spanish, Italian, French, Portuguese, Dutch, German, and Chinese. So that just shows to me the depth at which Renee has gone to make this information available to everyone. So while you're watching today, go to normalisover.org and check it out or 1. go to 1. any of those streaming places because yeah. um, I think it's helpful as we start our conversation to really get a full understanding of what Renee has done. Agreed. Brent, Thank you. Thank you. Um, you first brought this film to my attention a few years ago. Did you want to uh, weigh in here for a minute? Well, one of the, one of the questions I had was uh, in particular, what were the specific changes that prompted Renee to update it? Yeah, yeah. So, um, well, this, maybe I should start from the beginning as to why I made this film. And you asked me that question, Frankie, and I just went off on the rant. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> uh, I guess, yeah, I've been thinking green since I was 21. And I have tried to put an environmental aspect on each and every film that I've made. And all of my films have always been on Dutch television. Um, and then... Um, when I went in 2011, I said to the Dutch television station, okay, I'd like to make a, a film about, you know, the, the, the connecting the dots and, and also f basically wanting to make a film for both my children, my two girls who had left ho uh, home and who were, uh, yeah, they finished their studies and their boyfriends. And I thought, okay, now finally there's time for me to, um, so tell, tell the story to their friends because I could feel that the, the friends of my daughters, millennials, understood that something is wrong, but do not really understand what is wrong. So they would maybe just go on to climate change and think that that is the problem. And, but then with renewable energy, we're not going to solve the world's problem. So I wanted to really make a film mainly for them, for the younger generation to to show them what and to connect the dots because dots are connected and we are mm -hmm. 
suffer and that the economic system is the root cause of why we are here which is a 200 year old system and which has been promoted to a science somewhere in the nine, in 1870s there's even a nobel prize in economics and it's just a human it's just a story you know you can we can create another story there's no nobel prize in psychology or anthropology so that's already weird and yes <laughs> But I, I really wanted to tell this story for my kids. And when the Dutch television station said, no, Renee, this, you, this is too big. You can't make a film about everything. I thought, okay, well, and they wished me good luck. And then I rented out my house. I got a loan and I, I traveled the globe uh, as a one-woman crew uh, searching for solutions. Because I didn't want to make a film about just a drama. Because there's so pl- plenty of documentaries Yep. And you go home all depressed about, you know, the state of the, the world. And I, I, I really wanted to offer solutions on many different. That's what I did. And I had lots of fun during that year. And um, it was tough too, uh, carrying all that equipment all over the place. And then I came back with 200 hours of footage. And I spent four years editing with my youngest daughter, who insisted that she would help me. Mm-hmm. And so she made all the animations. The film starts with her overlooking the burnt mountains in Cape Town when we had the hottest day recorded ever here. She transcribed the interviews with the professors. And when the film was completed at the end of 2015, the worst thing that can happen to a mother happened to me. She died in a car crash two days after the film was completed. Yeah, I'm so sorry. Oh. And that just, and so I didn't get the word out. I couldn't. You couldn't move. I can't even market. I don't even know what marketing means. I, I, you know, films were just aired on television and I would make the next film. But I just fell in the deepest hole. You can fall. <laughs> and um, I went to, I should have submitted to the high film festivals, but I didn't have a strategy. So I submitted to any first festival that wanted to screen it. And uh, the Wild and Scenic Film Festival is, I guess, good, but I could have submitted it to others. Anyway, I didn't do any distribution or marketing. I just grieved for three, four years. Understandable. Yeah. And then, but in the meantime, I set up a foundation called the New Normal Foundation. And that foundation uh, managed to collect enough funds for me to update the film because, you know, in 2015, 40% of all wild animals were extinct. And today it's 62 of percent of all wild animals not so that we're long really spinning out of control yeah and, and 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 you know the rich are getting richer now only i don't know five or six people own as much wealth as the rest of the world and it it just um and, and so this film explains the cause of why we are here but also the solutions and then a worthy update uh, which I made last year um, I've also felt an update of myself I felt strong again and so I've like have learned to integrate the loss of my daughter into my life and I feel strong again to get the word out with this new version um, there's a lot and- of surprises in that film Renee um, for I think for a lot of people first of all I asked a whole bunch of people do you know about the club of Rome and nobody had ever heard of them Nobody had ever heard of them. And yet it's, yeah, it's important. Nice, yeah. I mean, Trudeau was on it, you know, the original, like Father Pierre. Um, like lots of the, the, the most important people in the world sit on this council and the Club of Rome and nobody has ever heard of them. No, it's no. bizarre. 
Yeah, we don't we don't want to hear this story. We don't want to change. We think the economy is the and and our money system is we take it for granted and we think this is the way it is and we do not want to especially the leaders the you know the, the leaders and the and the and the CEOs of corporations they don't want to actually change and do another story because then they might make less money, right? <laughs> so the, the these people were just ignored because they don't want to you know economic growth it's good for everyone and and everyone this COVID thing is the same thing everybody wants to go back to economic growth and sell junk sell junk and turn the last of nature into products we don't need and yeah. and so this the, the whole narrative needs to change and and the the, the 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 silver lining about this virus now is that maybe people have more time to think about um how should we change the narrative and what's wrong with this economic system? I mean, everything that's free in nature is supposed to be a business opportunity. It's or a big opportunity because change happens best in chaos and it's a, definitely a chaotic yes. time right now. Yes. And, you know, yes. the Club of Rome was talking about a circular economy, which makes a lot of sense, sustainable economy. Um, people yep. are, you know, those words are on people's lips, but they don't really know, understand how will that work. And you, you offer, you know, the people within, you know, the Keystone people, I'm going to call them the Keystone people, as you did in your film, offer lots of solutions. There are solutions that, that you know, because a lot of people say, well, what can I do? And that's actually why I started the Good Radio Network because people were like, well, what can I do? I'm just one person. Look at yeah. you. You're a one-person army making this film, you know, editing it, doing, meeting all those people, traveling the whole world, you know, the whole globe to, to get in front of these amazing individuals who are really at the forefront of, of change. And, and, um, and if we just allowed those bright minds to be heard even more, um, I think – it's very difficult to, to walk away from your film and say, no, I'm not going to do anything about this. I think mm-hmm. a lot of myths have just been busted in the, in, the, in the past few weeks in terms of, you know, a lot of companies that said, oh, we can't possibly allow our employees to work from home. They'll goof <laughs> off or they'll do this or whatever. And they're finding that it's working out just fine. So, yeah. I mean, if you can re- remove a lot of unnecessary commuting and a lot of unnecessary air pollution from, you know, combustion engines and so forth, you can have a tremendous impact just with that. I mean, look at what happened with, with the, uh, the air quality over LA, the air quality in India, uh, the water quality in Venice. I mean, and that's just in a matter of a couple of weeks. I know I mean, that's, that's astounding. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> it is awesome. And, but now the, 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 the challenge is that we don't go back to normal, that right. we, understand that business as usual has gotten us here in the first place well you know the question at the very beginning of the film is you know is this pursuit of money is money killing us is that greed basically is it killing us and and yeah it is (laughs) it it, it truly is and when all of the countries in the world you know when the united nations on global goals and when all the countries in the world say yeah we're going we're going to fight pollution we're not going to have any pollution by 2030 you know it's going to be gone kind of thing um and then the united states pulls out it's it's like that's a blow. It's a huge blow to the rest of the world. Yeah, I'm so well, and sure. when you look at like you know 2030, you go okay, that's a that's what 11 years or 10 years from now, and versus what we were able to accomplish just by shutting the planet down for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Like, why do we need a decade? I get that, you know, we have to have manufacturing changes. We have to have all these changes, but why do we need a decade to make any sort of movement? 
It's because exactly. people forget about it and then they can, they can do something else and push it off another decade. Right. Yeah. And it's already been a few years because that wasn't just this year. That was years right. ago, you know? So it's, it does, it seems to, to really um, take, take a long time. But it's shown us what could be, you know, what it could really be. did. I know. Yeah. It's, it's so exciting. It, you know, like where, where else could we get a glimpse into the future and go, wow, if we made some of these changes, could happen look at the air in india look at the you know the geese and the the fish that all of a sudden we're seeing i mean i i don't know anywhere else you could have that kind of telescopic view to to show the world what what needs to change but then well, not again, only that but i think everyday citizens can be sort of a driver of this change now too for example when when they reach a point where they want to start lifting some of the restrictions and they and companies say you know, we'd like to have you come back to work. Maybe a lot of employees won't want to go back to an office environment. Maybe they want to stay yeah. at home. And if you get enough of them saying, this is what we want for our lives and for ourselves going forward. If those companies want to hold on to quality employees, they're going to have to start making some changes in the way they see things too. They might have to say, well, we're going to have to offer this as an option to our employees as a matter of course going forward now that we maybe didn't offer previously. You know, Brent, in 2003, I, I worked for the government. I, I joined them in 2000, in 1997. And when I joined, it was like, here's your pager. Here's your cell phone. Here's this. I can get in touch with you 24 hours a day. And I'm like, no, you won't. But by the time I left, I was working mostly from home. I go, you don't need me in sitting at a desk in an office where people can clock watch me or whatever. <laughs> it's not happening. Just tell me what day do you need this done by and it will be on your desk kind of thing. And that's really all people who who are um, independent workers, you know, we work well, Sandra works like that. I work like that. Brent, you work like that. Renee, you work like that. Like we can all deliver and we don't need, you know, somebody watching over us uh, with a whip to make sure that we do it. Yeah. But so you have to offset the control issues, you know, and this is what I found, you know, many years ago, 15 years ago, uh, 16, when I had my kids and was recently divorced, I couldn't work in my office in Beverly Hills. And I had to go, you know, an hour and a half drive from where my kids were as a single mother, like not happening. So, you know, I had to advocate a lot for working from home and really all that got their attention was the economics hey, guess what? You don't have to pay for my office. You don't have to rent that office space. And you have to attack it as a business economics first. So if you can make a, a, a point to the employer that it's going to cost them less for you to work from remotely. I don't like the word working from home because that denotes sitting right. in your pajamas, playing with your kids. You know, if I work remotely and make the case, look, I work in airports, I work in hotels. When you send me to travel, what's the big difference? Right. And maybe we come in and have a meeting, a physical in the office meeting once a week, which is what I did when I ran my company down there. Driven first. That's the only way you're going to get companies to listen to you. And if you have your own equipment at home, if you have your own air conditioning, your own overhead, you have to make a case for reducing the expenses of the company to show that it's beneficial for them. Because honestly, they don't really care uh, about your health and well-being. No. You know? And if people quit, there's always another person to come and take your place. I mean, I know I worked for two of the three of the biggest companies in the world, and I watched how that ran. And yes, in a perfect world, you'd want to keep your employees. But what is a company designed to do? Make money. 
So you have to start from that and make your argument how it's beneficial financially for the company to have you work remotely. That's the the only way to get attention. It's interesting because... Go, yeah. Go. Can I just interrupt? Because we can all work remotely, remotely and reduce pollution, but then we still haven't solved our problems. Because mm-hmm. if, if large corporations um, reduce their carbon footprint because we all work remotely, but they produce scrap stuff and have to cut the jungle in order sure. to produce that, we still uh, will have the next virus coming up soon. So it's not, it's, it's only part of the solution. No, right? right, right. But every, everybody can do their part. You know, that's what my company was, was formed on Renee. I formed a corporation uh, almost 20 years ago, Motherhood Incorporated, and it was designed twofold to have mothers work from home to provide a better family environment while also reducing the carbon footprint, while also reducing the employer's dependency on equipment and utilities and office space. It's not the overall solution, but I think that we have to have a many-pronged attack to the problems we have. And I think it's a good first step for a lot of people, too, who are wondering, well, what could I do? Well, here's one thing that they can do that's going to make a big difference. You know? And but then there's more. I mean, like in South Africa, we have a quite severe lockdown. We're not even allowed to walk out from the streets. We can, we can go to um, um, shops to buy food or to the pharmacy to buy medicine, and that's sure. it. Right, and so um, people are now forced to uh, grow or starting to grow food at home mm-hmm. and sharing seeds and uh, form communities, and um, that is awesome to see. And and also the how to, you know South Africa is a very divided country with normal say you say rich people, but just as rich as the, the average American, and very very poor population in the township, and it's lovely to see how the urban uh, wealthier people are sharing their resources and seeds and, and help with the, with the uh, people in the townships. So it's, a, it's created a sense of community that we had. I, I've met my, the neighbors in, in the street, where it's a little dead-end street um, where we live for the first time in, the, in 15 years because everybody would just race past in their cars going, yeah. I don't know, after money and stuff. And that's probably all that we've been doing, right? Well, and, and then, the, yeah, it's the same situation here too. Faster. Go ahead, Sam. Well, everything is faster, faster, faster. That's what you're talking about. I see that here in Los Angeles too. They're talking about urban gardens. People are planting. Yeah. I'm putting a garden in and I've got my carrots growing. I've got all these things, you know, that I normally wouldn't have taken the time to do. Yeah. But now, you know, your eyes are open. But I think everything was faster, faster, faster. You talk about the speed of the cars. You know, Los Angeles, everybody's whizzing by each other. Nobody's even making eye t- contact or communicating, you know, and that's part of the global sickness of our mm. population. Yes, yes. yes. And, and, and all that anger, <laughs> right? All that anger. Now, who are they going to be angry with? There's nobody on the freeways. Um, it, it's the same situation here, Renee. We don't go outside. You go to the grocery store. You go to the pharmacy. Nobody's allowed on the beach. Nobody's allowed to walk around. Nobody's allowed to get together. Nobody goes to all the bars, restaurants. Everything's closed. And it's, I'm sure it's the same in Chicago. Um, yeah, and, pretty and much. It's, it's, it's going to the grocery store, go to the pharmacy. Uh, restaurants are open for carryout or delivery only. Right. Same here. Um, so... Uh, but everything else, I mean, you know, movie theaters and bars and yeah. uh, dining restaurants and all that stuff, that's all closed. And mm-hmm. already most of the 
uh, pending summer festivals and even into the early fall have already been canceled. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? Like, I had this conversation this morning with a bunch of people who do not want to go back to work. If it doesn't feel safe to them, they're not going to go back to work. Even if it's legislated, work is open, come back to work. You know, they're not essential and they're going to try to negotiate that work from home. Um, I think, you know, everybody, the the more you find out about the disease, the, the more uh, scary it gets, really, because it's so unpredictable in its nature that it seems to have um, a real trouble getting a handle on it. So with, you know, COVID-19 is, is an excuse to sit down and, and really time to watch your film. Normal is over. It's a good time to think about um, what can I do to help the planet? What can I do to not be a, a part of this problem, but part of the solution? So yeah. why don't you tell us a little bit about some of the the more interesting people, Renee, that you interviewed. Um, who really, well, who really got you? Uh, there's, there's two people. Uh, actually, everyone sort of got sure. me. They all have different personalities. Yeah. Um, Dana Shiva is, of course, she's been interviewed very often, and she's yeah. a, mm-hmm. she's a, a, a advocate for organic local uh, agriculture, which is super important because the lar- a few large corporations sort of want to control our global agriculture with the poisoning the planet and 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 making uh, farmers dependent on them and so this 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 virus is also great for you know local organic farmers who who we can support and and that's one of the things that you can do instead of buying junk food at the at your uh, large-scale grocery store um and the the other solution the other person that i that really yeah that, that really, you know, I really wanted to, to do two things. I wanted to try and, how do you say that? Show somehow that um, money is not a thing that we all need to raise after. That it, it has a, another dimension. I mean, if you give away money, you can already see that you, it has this other dimension. But mm-hmm. that there's also another story that and show how this economic story, what that we are now holding, is, is wrong and outdated. And so Charles Eisenstein, of course, was an inspiration yeah. with his, his book and, and, and uh, the sudden interview that he allowed me to, to have with him. Um, and, 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 and the other, and, and um, Dr. Ian McCallum, because I really wanted to give, he's the voice of the animals. Yeah. Oh, I me. loved him. Yeah. yeah. Because, you know, this, this, this virus, uh, since the mass media only talk about numbers, right? the cause of this virus needs to be discussed. And this is why I also made the film because I'm always interested in the cause. Like when I worked for a foreign affairs program and there was a flooding in Bangladesh, they would say, oh, so many people died and oh, oh, there was a flooding, how terrible. And you see ambulances and people died. But nobody would tell you that it was caused by the deforestation in the Himalayas. Right. And the same goes for this virus. The cause is the fact that humanity is itself largely to blame for this pandemic because we've been harming wildlife, we've been disrupting the habitat, we've been invading intact forests, and we've been we, we're trading, and that this, in this case the Chinese, in in caged uh, wild animals, and the and the, the virus j- probably jumped from a bat to a pangolin and then to a human being, and all the other uh, conspiracy or theories I don't think are are correct. Um, as far as I'm, I've researched. So it was the open market. You think it was the it's, open market? Yes, yes, yeah. And the wild animals that they they like to sell and illegally. Other viruses, 
like SARS and Ebola and HIV and dengue. We have more and more viruses in the last uh, decades. Right. And it's because we're destroying uh, the habitat of, of wild animals mm-hmm. and the jungle. And that is, I think it's going, it's going to catch up. I've always said it's going to catch up on us. And that climate change is on the, the world's agenda as the one and only problem. But this, this virus shows that the, uh, species extinction is probably uh, more of a threat for us and for everyone than climate change. I mean, climate change, yes. Yes, the, the climate will not change, uh, suddenly go back to normal in, the, in, in, in 10 years. Right. But if we keep destroying the last of the jungle and the last of the habitat of wild animals, we will ultimately destroy ourselves uh, yeah, for sure. I agree. I just well, want to say, talk about the quality of the uh, people are cutting out a little bit. And if you're watching this, I apologize for that. It's because the whole world is using Zoom right now. And there's just not <laughs> enough bandwidth for, for everybody to have a perfect, to have a perfect uh, show, let's say, but or meeting. Uh, but just bear with it. You, we, you, I'm sure you figure out what we're saying. <laughs> well, one of the things that I've heard a number of people bring up in connection with all this too is that it's it's exposed a sort of spiritual absence that is beginning to start to reemerge as people are beginning to take time to think about things a bit more than maybe they did previously. Um, not only in terms of practical matters, but also in terms of like a higher you know higher message as well. And in that regard, one thing I wanted to, to point out to listeners and viewers in particular is um, Renee's previous film, Something Unknown, mm-hmm. which is just absolutely terrific. I, I wrote about it in, in one of my books, Consciously Created Cinema. And um, I was wondering if you saw any kind, of, any kind of tie-in between that movie and the update of Normal is Over. Yeah, thank you for that question. That's an interesting one, Yes. So first of all, I wanted to, to, to find the spiritual value of money in the in, in normal is over. Um, uh, the, the other dimension of, of, of money. And that's why I, I, I uh, bumped into Charles Eisenstein. Uh, by the way, I didn't Google anyone in the film. Everybody was introduced to me in a holistic way. Wow. Um, but one of the conclusions that... Um, um, at the end, I, I say time is not money, and this is especially for America, you know, where people sometimes refuse to talk to you unless you pay them. And I, mm-hmm. I know one one person I have to pay two dollar a minute, otherwise they won't speak to me. To me, and yes, I have to speak very fast because time is money. And this is such a nonsense story because what is time? I mean, ask a quantum phys- physicist what is time, and, and get a formula and see that is somebody. I heard somebody say it's the it's the space between memory and anticipation. Now, what is money? Money is something, a story, which you cannot even touch, that's created out of nothing and that we believe in. How can this thing we don't understand be the same as that thing we don't understand? This is, we are fooling ourselves. We need to really turn the world upside down and start all over. And when you work for a new company or, or a company from home, Try and think about, is this company destroying the planet? Are these products necessary? How, how have we been doing with our whole COVID situation? Have we been coping? Have we been able to repair everything? Uh, is, the, is, uh, uh, is this company uh, destroying the planet and, and uh, calling uh, the destruction of the, the jungle or the, the, the soil an externality? Do you want to work for a company that is actually uh, bad for the planet? Or do you want to move 
and, and, and move forward. I mean, this is also, yeah, I'm sorry, I keep going. But no, it's okay. So I, just, I just want to make a point about that too, because um, this week uh, on, on Coach Talk on Sandra's show, we talked about being in alignment with your values and that's and, and, and working in alignment with your values and how, how sometimes you might work for something that bumps up against those values and you're not going to be a happy camper. You're not going to be a happy worker. And that's exactly what we were talking about is if the company yeah. that you're working for, it values something different than you do. Um, mm you're going to be, it's not going to, you're not going to be in alignment and it's going to be difficult yeah. for you to stay there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Point. And then this whole thing about money. I mean, now of course there's so much money being uh, created out of nothing to help uh, quantitative easing, which is also in the film. Uh, interestingly enough. And now suddenly we, we can create trillions out of nothing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, so what do you see? I mean, you've talked to all of these experts, these keystone figures um, from economy and environment and all of this. What do they see the, the, um, the trading, let's say, is it beads? Like what is the trading going to look like? What is, what is, you know, our economy going to look like in a perfect world? How would it work? Well, in a perfect world, there's plenty enough money for everyone to uh, survive, rich or poor. So money should be e distributed more equally. Not that one person owns, uh, like the Amazon guy, Jeff Bezos, owns so much money. And they, uh, you know, and then, and then they pride themselves on charity. And then still the, 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 the poor are dying. We, every, everybody needs, deserves a place on this planet and has have a minimum income. So universal basic income, I think, will be awesome solution for this money problem if everyone has enough money to survive <laughs> whether it's created out of nothing or where it comes from or whether it comes from a few i don't think it will come from a few millionaires but it's there and it shouldn't go to the the, the polluting businesses like you like the president of your country is doing um it, then then we then we suddenly we have time if everyone has a universal basic income of say twelve thousand dollar a year or maybe a bit more we can create whatever then, then suddenly we have time and suddenly we don't have to race to work and suddenly we can, um, in, I'm, I'm just really fantasizing now. Yeah. We can, in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a spirit of community, start to regenerate this planet because the damage that we've done, it will take a couple of hundred years to regenerate this planet. But if we can do this in a community of spirit, singing, dancing, not working nine to five, but whenever we can and want to do it and not everybody has to work. I mean, some people may not want to do it and they just sit under a palm tree. It's fine. There's, there's plenty would love to help, um, you know, plant trees or save the last of the, and, and save wildlife and, 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 and be outside uh, farming in an organic way and, and, and around our cities. We, I mean, ur urban uh, farming, of course, but also around our cities create uh, organic farms around them so that we don't have to fly um, strawberries wrapped in plastic from Israel in the middle of winter. I mean, all this, it's all not necessary. There's so much stuff that we can change. And, and then that's, that's to me how it look, what it looks like, that we just fix this planet because it's very easy what, what your president does. I'm sorry, I don't mean to take it personally, but the president of the U.S. does is to destroy things. And, you know, the delete button is, is a split second, but to fix it takes time. And right. so everyone, whether you work for the IMF or you work in Detroit, can do something towards the regeneration of this planet and then have fun doing it. 
I know you've been doing this a long, long time, Renee. So when you, I mean, it's a beautiful vision. It's a beautiful vision. Um, what is the biggest resistance when you, when you talk to people, what's the biggest resistance to, to socialism? You know, it's almost communism in a way, but socialism, what, what is it? It's not socialism. It's not communism. Socialism and communism and capitalism, they all have the same um, um, monoculture of money. And I, I, I'm not so sure if you saw it in the film, it goes very fast, but they, mm-hmm. there's a quote where it says, in capitalism, man exploits man. And in communism, it's just the opposite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not about either or, or. It's not about communism or socialism. It's about putting the planet first in whatever we do. Right, and right. then and then everything from will flow from there automatically because everyone is different and has different talents and can do something different. So it's oh, it's not. I was wondering, Renee, beyond, was, was, oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, the last thing. Yeah. This is beyond political differences. This is this is beyond beyond the religion. This is beyond uh, all the differences that we have. This is this is the, our one goal for humanity. Hang on. Like like you have a belief. And it's a good belief, and I would buy into that belief, but then I look around in my whole, you know, sphere of influence and go, how do you combat greed? How do you change the belief, you know, from from fear, which is there's not enough, I need to grab as much as I can, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not going to share. And, you know, and to be fair, there's still some residual things in me that... I'm a single mom. I've been raising my kids for 16 years on my own. I take care of my 87 year old dad in my house. I work 24 seven. And when you said somebody sitting under a palm tree and if they don't want to, my blood boil, cause I'm doing the work of three things. So how do we change belief? And, and that's the big thing. Cause if we can shift from the belief that I don't have enough, you know, I deserve more, all those things. How do we, shift that belief so that we can live more toward what you describe mm. so so imagine everybody had a universal basic income that would take away your stress already wouldn't it right there and then of course it's a process we don't change i mean i, I, I ian mccallum says at the end i ask him how do we heal the planet and then he laughs at me and he says we, we don't we, we don't heal the planet we first have to heal ourselves and become aware of the problems yes and then take action. This is a, a matter of education and awareness. And, um, but this virus shows that we can suddenly do it. Mm-hmm. If we can suddenly create so much money, maybe we can suddenly give everyone just enough money to, uh, to survive. And then we suddenly have time to uh, not worry about money and to not stand in a traffic jam to work from nine to five and do the things we think are important. Um, and so, yeah, it, it, of course, it will take time. But and the, the the forces that have the power now are the forces that have money, and that. But the majority of the world's population knows this. And I'm waiting for where's where's this revolution? <laughs> Why is it not yet there? I mean, this this virus. It is an interesting question. It wow. is an interesting question. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I I also found it really interesting for for the Fox viewers because I don't think that they know. <laughs> That the Saudis, you know, own them. Yeah. <laughs> Surprise! Yeah. <laughs> it's a few few people who own the mass media, especially in the United States, and they have they're making trillions because of this yeah. virus, yeah. Just because of the fear that they instigate and the sensation. Yeah. And nobody's talking about that. 
and they and everyone needs to understand that the mass media are are in it for profit and 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 want to scare you because they make more money that way right. and that we need to understand that we have to transform the sphere into 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 good action instead of reading news and be all fearful because that's that's not going to help anyone really. No, well, and you can look at the fear cycle with this whole, you know, this is why I left traditional journalism. You know, when, when the, when the virus first started, it was like, you know, we're better than this. Everybody else, it's somebody else's problem. Then it became our problem. Then it's like, oh my God, the world, you know, chicken little, the sky is falling. And that's not to disrespect the people who died and got sick, but then it was, it's coming, it's coming, it's here, it's here. Now it's peaking. Now it's peaking. Now it's rising. But, but, even though it's falling right now, still be afraid. And then when it was falling even more, keep being, oh, we don't know what's happening in September. So be afraid because September, I mean, you can see the fear machine churning out story after story. And you guys are all journalists. You know that when I was going to school and when I was working as a trained journalist, you never used headlines with might, may, can, could be, would be, you know, all of these things are unfounded and they're just churning out fear. Yeah. And and it's the old TV adage says, if it bleeds, it leads. Yeah. 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 Which is really unfortunate, but You've seen that the the volume on that turned up so much since this has started, and it's reached the point, as I said in a, in a previous show, I have trouble even watching the mainstream news anymore because yeah. it's just it just turns my stomach. Yes, so I would recommend watch m- maximum of twenty minutes a day and do something creative the rest of the day. <laughs> <laughs> well, not only that, but also I'm seeing it spilling over to social media now too. Mm-hmm. To the point where when I go through, for example, my news feed on Facebook, it's just one angry or fear-mongering story after another, after another, after another. And I'm almost to the point where I'm having to turn away from that as well, too. Yes, yes. Well, and look, it's pervasive everywhere. I don't know if it's this way around the world. You guys can answer this. But I can't go get gas in my car without a screen over the gas pump blaring fear-based news. I go into oh, the grocery we don't have that here. It's, you know, advertisements are running. You know, I don't know. Renee, is that is that is it that way in South Africa? Yes, it is. Yes, 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 for sure. Yeah. Um, it's 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 everywhere, and it's this evening. That, and every week, the president Cyril Ramaphosa has a speech with uh, the latest news and the latest amount of deaths. And it's the same in the Netherlands. Of course, I'm Dutch. My, that's my native language. Um, it, it's it's everywhere. But the, and but also we need to put this in perspective. Um, there's seven million people dying each year from pollution. That's indirect, right? This, how, how many children are starving? That's more than the, the amount of deaths that we see now. But we never stopped for all these uh, disasters. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how about hamburgers? Like, you know, I love them. Don't get me wrong. You know, the cheeseburger, you know, Happy Meal, whatever, you know, those things are. How many people are dying of coronary heart disease? You don't see a huge thing running around attacking hamburgers, you know, and, yeah. and all the junk that we eat because it makes money. That's it. Yeah. You know, this morning I, we had, we did, we went grocery shopping at 7 a.m. Cause that's when old people get to go. <laughs> and, and I did, we were in the takeout, in the checkout line. I looked at Dan, he had a mask on and I had a mask on. Everybody had a mask on and I started to laugh. I just started to laugh how, how ridiculous we look, you know, everybody's got a face covering on. And, Imagine and, if you've and, got a beard. 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All the guys have beards now, Brent. And I don't, all the guys, you know, went with facial hair. And it's just hilarious, really. I mean, I don't know. It just struck me really funny uh, that you couldn't see anybody's face. And, and we used to get very angry when, you know, um, women couldn't show their faces <laughs> because of their dress, right? So it's kind of, it's kind of interesting. All in Arab Arab countries now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I, I wanted to, I loved, I loved um, the music. Um, Takaya Blaney's Shallow Waters is just a beautiful song, really. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's just a beautiful song to end that video with. It, like, she's got a beautiful voice, doesn't she? Yeah. She's, all, she's all grown up now, but um, lovely. Uh, really nice song. Really, really perfect for the... I have a question for Renee, if I can just jump in. Um, mm-hmm. What can, and I, you know, I'm asking this personally, but also for everybody watching today, what can those of us who, you know, like that was so great that you could drop everything, take out a mortgage or whatever you did and, you know, run around the world and film all this stuff for us. But what realistically could we do, like for me, like, you know, working full-time mom, I got kids, I got my dad, you know, I can't go out and do a lot of the things that you do, but what can I do? Like, what can I do, you know, in my home that can make a difference? What, you know, and cause I know what'll happen, Renee, I'm an, I'm an influencer. People look at me and they say, Oh, she's doing that. Maybe I'll try that, you know, so I can use my superpowers for good, but what kind of things are valuable? Cause right now I, you know, like I compost, I recycle, you know, I do these things, but I don't know if that's even making a difference. Um, in your own home or is it I mean the fact that you're already interviewing me you're already helping the planet right because I'm not here for myself I'm here I'm I'm a messenger like you are and so to start backwards you know helping get the word out is already a a huge uh, contribution and I'm very thankful for that because the more people who want future and become aware of why we are where, where we are and that COVID is another symptom, just like climate change is a symptom and species extinction is a symptom. If you can, if you get grasped that big picture, then everything falls into place. And then it's automatically, you know what you need to do at home, that you don't need to, you know, uh, have a home for showing, but that you have a home for living, that you mm-hmm. don't need grass to mow it and water it right. and mow it and water it, but that you can plant indigenous plants if you don't like gardening or have your own veggie garden garden if you have the space or have a vertical garden if you have space and that you buy organic food and that you uh, support uh, people who think green as well who, who, who don't put themselves first but put the planet first because this whole story about greed and greed is good it's not part of our nature it's right. it's 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 a it's a consequence of a broken economic system which creates competition but we don't need to have competition in everything we have, we, we don't need to have competition in healthcare or in environmentalism or in art or in all this ed- education or or in, in journalism um, and and, we, and and when we understand that this virus is being almost put there by the media and that the our leaders believe the media instead of the, the, the scientists, that that is a, a huge thing because the countries that are doing well, like Germany, uh, Angela Merkel, she is a quantum chemist, I think. Mm-hmm. She's doing, she's listening to the scientists. And um, if you- Iceland. Can, 
Greenland, Iceland. New yes, Zealand. Yes, New Zealand. Women led, women led countries are doing yes. well. Yes. Interestingly so, enough. Yeah. And so I'm, 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 I'm sorry, I'm, I'm talking about the big picture, but I think if you understand the big picture of why we are where we are, then um, you automatically um, understand we don't need to buy new shoes every every month. We, we can and we can yeah. repair our clothing. So the way we shop, the way we travel, all of this can change. And yeah, I really. You have a big call to action at the end of the at the end of the film of ways that everybody at home can can you know things that they can do. Um, yeah. Ride your bike. You know, even even if you know, like you like you talked about in the Netherlands when you had, um, you know, Sunday from gas free Sundays or whatever. You didn't drive a car. Yeah. Well, yeah. we could have that. We could have a couple of days a week, even if that was what it took. You know, to 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 walk, ride your bike, wind, solar, uh, uh, whatever. Me. Um, don't, eat, eat, don't meat. eat meat a couple of days even, or don't eat meat at all. Um, yeah. What do you think an ox eats? <laughs> yeah, save, save animals from extinction, which, uh, you know, I've been involved with for a long time. Um, you know, it, yeah. it, it hurts my heart to see that there's, you know, a hundred of this left or, you know, a couple yeah. hundred. And, and the the person or the things that kill them is us, is man. Right. It's man. Yeah, and, and They're it, not dying from natural causes. Yeah, and it's and it's the the gangs who actually really um, export these animals to to uh, to China and Vietnam and and create these false stories that it you know that yeah it, who needs it back to China? Come on, expensive. you don't need it that badly. <laughs> it's just well, you know it's. Well, I think it means that when you when you come to these kinds of questions, what it really comes down to is a question of leadership, mm-hmm. and that's something yeah. that goodness knows we have certainly had a big lack of particularly yeah. in the U.S., for yes. a very long time. Yeah, mm. yeah. and then you, of course, the, 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 in, in the U.S., the, the person who, who manages to collect most money gets elected. It's just, that's so wrong. It, it has nothing to do with democracy and everything with plutocracy. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> and also to, to divide a country in just two parties is weird. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a... Parties, yeah. I would love to see, you know, these, these leaders like um, Angela Merkel and, and like, I would just love to see these people reach out and say, Hey, you know what, let's get together and have this. Like, I mean, they have the G8, but now there's only the G7, but um, you know, I, these women who are doing a fantastic job, man, mm-hmm. it'd be great if they could get together and, and, you know, show leadership, they, they showing leadership and, and show the rest of the people how to lead and, yeah. and what it looks like when you have compassion and, and brains, I think that's really what it is. You know, a woman president for the United States who thinks green would be amazing. Would be amazing. It would be, yeah. amazing. It would be well, amazing. And, you know, and these are all wonderful things. And, you know, I hope that they happen, but I'm more practical. I'm like going, okay. It's like when my kids had to do this, um, this uh, thing, uh, Renee and um, everybody, they had to count how many homes were in our little gated community. And then they had to estimate how many people were in those homes. And then they did the plastic bags and how many plastic bags. And we had to count how many plastic bags we used in a household. This was an assignment given by a sixth grade teacher. And Mm -hmm. so the whole family got involved with this count. And we found it was something like 1.2 million bags ended up in landfills just from our little community, you know, you know, insane, you know, insane from, from sandwich bags to bread bags to, grocery bags, shopping bags, you know, all this thing. And that little 
um, that little exercise that the teacher had do came home to the family. And now everybody in my sphere of influence, everybody in my community has a, a much different understanding. And yes, I, I believe it's great that, you know, we could get new leaders and do all this stuff, but that's, that's not now. Right now is something we can do by showing this movie in our homes, showing yep. it to our kids, showing it at our school. Talking about it. Yeah. Talking yep. about it and create that grassroots change because yep. honestly, we may not get a woman president ever. Yeah. But we can hope for that. But the yep. practicality is I can take this movie and I can show it to my kids. I can show it to my friends. Today's smiling because that's exactly what she wants. She wants well, to right, because that's how you make change. That's yes, right. exactly. Yeah, film is the best tool for change. I mean, the, 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 um, I, I put for over 40 years of experience and of studying into one film. Yeah. It took me five years. So you get it all on a plate. So it does, it, it's, and, and it's magnificent, uh, really. It's like 185 public screenings. And people crying at the end of the film every time and again, and then suddenly changing their lives is, is, has been awesome to see. Right. Um, and and that's that's yeah. So it's a it's an awesome tool for change. And that's it. you can host a screening. You can contact me on the Normas Over uh, contact page, and I'm, I'm happily hosting. Uh, I'm starting to host online screenings, of course, um, which is, is is also a great way of, of of spreading the word. And at home. Well, you know, you know, you can have less meat. You don't need that much meat. You can uh, yeah. eat local organic food. You can take your own bag to the shopping and and yeah. go shopping in places where they don't wrap stuff in plastic, or leave the plastic. It's a bit uh, activist, but leave the plastic at the counter and say no thanks. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah I mean, you know, I went grocery shopping this week and there was no plastic because they're afraid the plastic lives on the bag, and and they don't want people to bring their own bag because they're afraid. The, the, the people who work at the store don't want to pack in your bag. So you either have to pack your own bag or da, 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 it's paper bags again. <laughs> Back to the paper bag. Fabric. And it was great. Fabric bags. I use yeah. fabric bags. I have, and they yeah. wash, you know, that's the nice that's thing it. They about do. them. If they get, you know, sticky or, um, I just want to thank you too, Renee, because, you know, I watch, I watch documentaries. I watch things like this. And then they horrify me so badly, I can't finish them. You know, you've seen those, like, you know, like they're, you know, when they, and I grew up in a farming community. I am not, I'm not unaware of slaughtering. I'm not unaware of, you know, of of some of the horrific things that happen in our food industry, but you don't need to throw it in my face so much that I can't even share it with my kids. And that's one of the things that I really admired about your film. It was what, what you said, how you said it. And you left it up to us to fill in certain blanks so that we weren't thrown in to such a horrifying thing we couldn't even finish. Because that's what happens when people send those, like the fear frightened films, yeah. they want to change, they want to show the absolute horrible, most awful things. And right. that doesn't help. No, you made no. us think, you made us feel and you made a product that we can share with people and go, okay, we can have a rational conversation about this. And I think that's really much more powerful than throwing fear at me. I want to know Thank one you. thing. I, I know when you went to interview Al Gore, you were nervous. <laughs> you were like, oh, did he ever see the finished film? <laughs> did you send it to him? Um, no, of course not, because I don't think <laughs> at the same time, you know, he, 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 he showed attitude while he was chewing gum 
um, he also showed, I mean, actually made a seven minute portrait of that whole event uh, when I met him and the whole press was uh, gathered and we were told that we could only film the first five minutes and then we had to go back into the press room to watch his speech on the television. And I thought by myself, oh my God, so he's making money from the speech, but he doesn't want it to go public because he makes money for each and every speech. And that's, there's something wrong there. Does the um, money go to Green or does it go to him? Um, that I don't know. Yeah, but that, that would be the question, I guess. I'll give you three guesses. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Gee, I wonder. Um, that's really unfortunate. You want, to, you want to share your, your speech with the world, you know, yeah. and not keep it public and, and, and chase the press away. So it's a a bit, whole, that is a little strange. Yeah. That was a bit strange, yeah. Yeah. But One thing I was wondering, Renee, is is do you foresee future updates to the film? And if so, do you yeah. have any any idea what He's might still be alive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> If I'm still alive, <laughs> um, it's not funny. But unfortunately, yes. Um, I've now just cut the film in half to uh, made it in two parts. So two point two point two parts. Sorry, it twice fifty six minutes. So it's easier to share in schools. Um, and I added the COVID uh, in there as well. Um, and I can imagine that in three years' time, I make another update because if we, uh, unless we change our ways, I'm afraid I would have to make uh, an almost over 2.0. Yes. Wow. Thank you so much for coming and sharing today. It's a very important film, a very important message. I hope people will contact us, um, Brent or Sandra or myself, and you, in- including Renee, uh, to watch the film. You know, yeah, have a screening, do that. Let's all share the film. It's very, very important. The message is important. The actions are even more important um, for all of us, for our kids and our grandchildren, especially. Um, I want to leave this place better than I found it. Thank you. That's so much, my hope Brent. anyway. <laughs> Thanks so much. Take care. Take care, everybody. Brent. Thank you. From you. Thank you for showing up <laughs> and um, <laughs> or hearing from you. Uh, I'm going to take us off Facebook now. Goodbye, Facebook people. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you, Frankie. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. It was so Stuck great.